Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we're back with part two of our conversation with Jonathan Gillum, former FBI counterterrorism expert, Navy SEAL, and a one of the remaining voices of reason calling out the extremism and the craziness on all sides of the political aisle. Jonathan, we were talking about um, the some of the right-wing conspiracy theories, this QAnon and, and what has driven some people to think that there's this vast conspiracy, uh, the deep state inside the government. Um, uh, but, but the way they've taken it is they've made fantastic claims about people who, you know, either were forced to kill themselves or are actually still alive. Let, let's break it down to, first of all, let's go back to the, the reality of what happened at the Capitol. Uh, if you can, just give the average person out there some talking points when they're sitting at dinner with their friends and they, their friend just got done watching CNN and said, hey, how about that insurgency at the Capitol? How crazy was that? What, what, what do you say if the average person says something like that to you? I would say, you know what really bothers me besides the Capitol thing? You remember when they, um, uh, this past summer, when in Minneapolis, they tried to burn the city down? They, they literally tried to cement police into a police precinct and burn it down. Or that time out there in, in, um, in Seattle when they tried to start their own autonomous zone and break free from the United States. Wow, you remember that? That was crazy, too. That is actually insurrection. That is actually sedition in a lot of the ways that they're doing that because they're trying to change the form of government uh, away from its intended purpose. Now, with that being said, do you think that the people that were coming into the Capitol, did they did they announce that they wanted to change the government? I never heard anybody say that. I heard people say they want to reset it. They wanted to get rid of, of uh, the bad politicians. But quite frankly... There was no there is no proof. There was nobody saying that there was no intention of that. Also, who was the leader of this? You say Donald Trump. Donald Trump didn't tell these people to go do this. The people did it themselves and it was disorganized at best. So what you believe and, and I find it hard to believe that anybody would actually put uh, fa good faith and credit into anything that the mainstream media says, because it is biased for a reason. So what do you do? How do you combat it? I mean, we watch these, you know, now we've got Nancy Pelosi talking about pressuring Mike Pence using the 25th Amendment. I mean, literally, and then threatening impeachment if he doesn't do it. That sounds like some of the crazy conspiracy th stuff that you would dismiss if you saw it on Facebook. Like, ah, there's no way that the Speaker of the House is actually wanting to invoke the 25th Amendment, which would remove the president from office by a majority of the cabinet, install the vice president, um, with, with the president having 12 days left in office at the time that we're recording this. By the time people start to hear it, it'll be 10, uh, 9, 8 days left. Um, what, what, how do you stop this? Because it, it, it seems like it's got a life of its own right now, Jonathan, that it's gone way beyond the conversation and you've got what people perceive as credible media, whether it's CNN or MSNBC, pushing this narrative and analyzing it as if it's a credible position to say we're going to remove the president 10 days before he leaves office. 
Okay, first of all, let's break this down. And, I, and I'm a little bit rambly right now because I've, I've got so much on my mind from this whole thing. But let's break it down here. First and foremost, um, everything that's occurring and everything that occurred is not something that just happened, right? This is something that's been growing, not just for the past four years. It, this has been something that's been happening for well over 100 years. The two political parties have gotten to a point where they have completely split the country based on the political parties. I mean, you look at uh, a virus that was out and ravaging this country and it, how you feel about that virus is broken down between two political parties. That's just ridiculous. Medicine doesn't decide, you know, how, how to cure something or fight something based on politics. So that, that being said, you can even look back the last speech John F. Kennedy gave, you can go listen to his speech in its entirety as he said, he jokingly talking about how Karl Marx used to be on the payroll of the then New York Times. Or he was the New York, it was something before the New York Times, I think the New York Herald. And he's joking how they could have saved so much money if they would just give him a job because the fact that they didn't, they cut off his pay, he ended up going down this other road and creating basically Marxism. So <laughs> this stuff has been around for a hundred years or more. And so it's grown into this uh, thing that we have now. It's happened around the world constantly in different areas. I mean, it wasn't until this day and age that they're able to target these, the power, the, the hub of freedom in the world. But they're doing it at the same time that they're doing it in other countries. I talked to uh, members of Italy's parliament and uh, this summer, and they, they had the same problem that we have. So I, I think when you look at the reality of what's happening, this is larger than the United States, but they know that if they get in the United States and they function the way that they are, are doing right now, that they will cripple uh, and control the rest of the world. And, you know, be, five years ago, if I had said that, I'd sound like Alex Jones, like I'm some kind of conspiracy theorist. But if you think I'm crazy, all you have to do is look at the past five days. They have they have completely turned uh, what happened in, in Washington, D.C. into something 180 degrees out from what it was. They blame President Trump for what people, angry people did. They dismiss the reason these people are angry. They then go and start immediately canceling anybody. That, that the president has been completely canceled from social media, from any ability that he had to circumvent the, the lying media. He's completely been canceled by that. And uh, and they went after businesses. Parler is no longer really a company like it was, or if it ever will be again. And it wasn't just, this is the frightening thing, okay? It's not just people in Washington, D.C. It's people in Washington, D.C. and their relationship with the left. They All, all these companies, Silicon Valley, the banks, uh, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, they all pounced at the same time trying to go Coca-Cola. They all pounced at the very same time with the same rhetoric. And that to me is frightening. And when I'm asked, should they make an example of these people that broke into the, uh, into the Capitol? I tell them, I don't want to make an example out of anybody. I want the laws enforced. And if the laws were enforced properly, we wouldn't have to worry about example. People would be, uh, they would respect the laws and not break them. How can the people respect the laws when the government just a couple of weeks ago passed a bill that was thousands of pages long, they didn't read, and they they took a trillion dollars away from the American people and gave the majority of away or somehow filtered it back into 
their own pockets. How can you trust any of that? I don't think people realize how much a trillion dollars is. Well, what was it? 700 billion went to foreign companies and countries and governments and aid. I mean, it's, you know, and, and the debate, the debate was over, was over whether you should get $600 or $2,000. And my question is, if you are a sole proprietor working on your own, you own a shoe shine company, you own a dry cleaner, uh, you're a consultant, you're an entertainer. I do a lot of work with uh, musicians and comedians. And, and, and Jonathan, they, they are starving. They can't get back on stage. They can't get out there. You know, $2,000, you give them $20,000, you're not going to recover from what they've lost in the last eight months. No, no, but look at what, see, this is the other thing people need to realize. We're, we're, again, all for the past four years, it was, hey, look over here, we're impeaching Trump, we're impeaching Trump, and they're doing all this stuff. Meanwhile, they were rigging our election. I, I think anybody with an investigative background can look at what happened with the elections and say there was something very, very odd about that at, at the least. And what, so they're doing the same thing now. Look at Trump, look at Trump. For the past year, they've been talking about how bad managed it was, how they couldn't open things up. Everything had to be locked down. And then today Cuomo comes on and says, we need to really start opening up the economy because it's going to fail. I mean, you know, Jonathan, I called them out on that. I saw uh, our friend uh, Andrea Kasimatidis, who uh, runs the uh, the Manhattan Republican Party. Uh, and, you know, she had some scary tweets a couple of months ago saying she was holed up in her uh, Upper East Side uh, um, uh, condo, flat, apartment, and, you know, and, and couldn't leave because it had been, I think, the second or third stabbing right outside of their door. So, so the, you know, the violence has now gotten into every neighborhood. Nowhere is safe in Manhattan right now. What, what bothered me the most is that I quote this often, and you may know this, uh, Dr. Daniel Murphy's the head of emergency medicine at St. Barnabas in the Bronx. In April, he wrote a letter that the New York Post somehow, I couldn't believe it, published saying, look, I'm a frontline doc. You've got to open up. On April 7th at 5 o'clock, we hit the goal set out by policymakers. I'm paraphrasing, not quoting now. Basically, the number at, at 5 o'clock in his hospital, which was in the Bronx, one of the hardest hit areas with COVID-19 across the globe, he said not only did 40-plus percent of the folks in the Bronx already have contact with and contracted in some form coronavirus, but our discharges, deaths, and transfers exceeded admissions at that moment. So at that moment, April 7th, 5 o'clock, we had freed up enough hospital beds to treat the incoming sick. So the question is, everything after April 7th, there is no medical justification. There's no public health justification. It's just a lockdown. And the fact that Governor Cuomo came out and said that in his state of the state, talking about reopening, and we can't, he actually said the words, well, we can't wait for a vaccine to get to everybody. We got to reopen. It, it, it's madness to think that one in five restaurants across this country, and a lot more in Manhattan, will never reopen their doors again. Countless millions will never have the same financial security that they had going into this. Um, and these arrogant fools are, are lecturing us on the fact that we have to reopen. My God, we've been saying, we're in day, as of this recording uh, uh, on Monday, we are day 301 of 15 days to stop the spread. And the goal, the goal was to make sure we didn't overwhelm our medical system, which of course, was never in danger. And that's the crazy thing. So let me ask you, sorry to rant about that, but it, it's very upsetting um, when you look at how bad things have gotten. 
what what do you do next, right? When you look at the failure of, of law enforcement and security at the Capitol, uh, I don't buy into the conspiracy theories that, you know, there was some master plan. I, I Anytime they talk about master plan, I, I don't think that works. I think that the, the evil in the world sometimes gets lucky. All of a sudden they're like, hey, we can rename this virus and we can capitalize on this. I mean, December 28th, there were 7,000 documented flu cases in 2019. December 28, 2020, there were 36. So clearly, we have, we didn't cure the flu. I mean, anyway, so that's a rant. But let's get back to what what is what is next? Because there are people that I am telling, look, stay positive. I still have a microphone. I've got well over a million listeners. You know, Town Square Media, New Jersey 101.5, there's no push to cancel me because I let the other side come on. We have conversations. I'm here to educate and give my opinion. Uh, Jonathan Gillum has not been canceled, although you were uh, way back when. You've been through this battle of, of being canceled and, and having to claw your way back. What do you tell people now so that people don't go off the deep end? I, we have this uh, rumor going around that there's going to be an armed um, attack on state capitals and the Capitol in the next few days. I believe it's just one flyer on social media that is now being blown out of proportion as a way of keeping people scared and away from expressing their First Amendment rights at any rally. But what do you tell people that are saying, hey, Jonathan, I I'm scared that I can't stand up. I can't even go to a rally. I'll lose my job. Is the country over? And that's a big that's question. A I will tell you from, I mean, look, just look at the fact that you're asking me that question in a serious manner. You know, two men having a conversation, both having that are veterans, have real experience, swore oaths to the, to the Constitution, and now we're discussing, even discussing, is the nation over? And I can I will tell you that my feelings of that are most likely we are going to go through what history states is a minimum of probably 80 years of socialist influence. Um, and what's interesting is it's not going to be because of the strength of the socialists. It's going to be because of the weakness of the people of the citizenry, the citizenry, the inability of them to stand up and say and stand together and say, no, we just want you. We want this government to be what it was. People will start to believe the lie of socialism even more law enforcement. You know, you'll have officers who will start to do things that are unconstitutional which they already have um and it when they normalize which is what they call is when they roll out tanks in the street or they just go overwhelmingly aggressive with law enforcement and with laws uh, there's nothing you can do at that point unless you're standing together so what what is the common thread in all that is that the people have to be realistic about what's happening and they have to stand together i've been telling people Get, get If you don't belong to a group of some kind, get in a group or create one. I don't care if you have five people or if you have an entire neighborhood. Get people together. Start discussing this. Start looking at the worst case scenario or if it's just another, you know, left uh, political left uh, facade. I don't believe that is the case. I don't believe it's a facade. I believe this is real. And uh, and so once you have these groups together and you start talking, you'll start to 
realize through your debate or through the influence of people who are in the know, and you got to watch out for people, you know, that are going to tell you lies like anything else, but then you can start to be unified. And with, if you unify two people, you're stronger than one. If you unify five, you're stronger than two. If you unify a hundred, now you actually have the ability to somewhat stand against politics. And then if you organize a group, which, you know, I'm trying to organize the, the Free Territory Alliance. That's why I showed you that. Um, what I have that website, ftanation.com. Uh, I'm trying to get people to where they, they can visualize how many people understand and feel what they do in their area. And then also uh, take the emails and use those to give people information that's the truth or if somebody needs help in a certain area. Or if something really, if it just continues to go downhill, they'll have a place where they know it is populated by people who understand the Constitution. So that in, in, in a month has already gotten over 4,000 people signed up. So now what have I done? Nationwide, I've created a group that can uh, work together, stand together, and if necessary, lean on politicians uh, to put pressure on them or to pump them up when, or lift them up if they're good. So if we continue to do this around the nation, what you're gonna start to see is our ability to take smaller groups, link them with larger groups and build a bigger influence. And, you know, heaven forbid action ever needs to be taken. Well, you had, you now have a fighting force. If it's just political action needs to be taken, now you have the ability to march and lean on people. And the problem here is that easy solution is probably one of the most impossible things that you will ever be able to do because it takes people getting up off their butts and actually participating. And it's much easier for people to sit there and say, all right, I'll take my $600 check. Well, I'm not going to fight against the government. Well, I'm not. And so they end up talking themselves into retreating into their home. And for the past year, by and large, the government has trained you to stay home. Mm -hmm. So let me ask how much of that. I, I've said this before. I, I do put a lot of the blame on this squarely on Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump was a uh, potentially a transformational figure. I think he became a transitional figure because he he panicked, in my opinion, and my humble opinion, I know he's president of the United States. He certainly accomplished a lot more in his life than I have. And I, I, I sit here as a voter and as a concerned citizen to pass judgment on the public figure. Uh, and that is, to me, this, this pivot from, hey, we're going to get through this because it's, a, it's upper respiratory viral season. We have enough docs. I've just sent all the ventilators and the tents. We're, we're fine. We're ready for it. And then all of a sudden, he said 15 days to stop the spread, uh, listening to Burks and Redfield and, and Fauci uh, with this fantastical idea that didn't materialize anywhere in the world, right. uh, including Sweden that never locked down, the potential of millions of deaths. It just simply didn't happen. Uh, you know, They ended up recategorizing certain deaths as COVID. Uh, the Nevada Department of Health said that uh, if you die of natural causes within 30 days, of a positive test, you're accounted COVID death. Uh, but the president seemed to buy into the fear and he pivoted and we locked down. And you know, once you give government the power to lock you down, I, I don't know how you get it back. We're we're seeing little spots of, of pushback from gyms that are suing and restaurants that are defying orders. But Jonathan, by and large, those businesses are being crushed under fines. And if they don't win in court, they will they will lose their homes their livelihoods, their businesses, 
everything will be gone. They'll be begging on the street. But, you know, here's what's interesting. If people had just, all the restaurant owners had opened the restaurants and said, you know, we're here. And if the people had come out and said, we're going to eat there, you know, we're going to take yeah. do takeout, then those places most likely would have stayed open. You know, if they would have stood against the government and said, no, this is not what the people want. But it takes a lot of people to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. here, here's the thing about Donald Trump. I believe based on, you know, analysis of what he did over the past four years is very it's phenomenal what he did, considering uh, the abuse and, and the attack that he was under 24, seven, uh, 24 hours out of the day, seven days a week. I mean, I'm talking second by second attack. So. With that being said, he did some heroic things, but what, where his greatest two areas where he failed immensely, one, he, um, he started from the very beginning with Reince Priebus of putting, uh, the, the, I don't call it a swamp. It's a DC family tree. He started putting members of the family tree into his cabinet and he did not pluck that tree. He did not uproot that tree at all. In fact, he entrenched it more. So that was the first problem. The other problem was that over the past four years, he rallied with the people, rallied. He could pull 70,000 people to a rally over nothing, but he never tasked the people. He never guided them. He never showed them this. If this gets worse, socialism is coming. If we don't fight it, and, and I don't care if you're liberal or conservative, if we don't stand together and you don't go to the voting booth and you don't insist on paper ballots for, for you know, for instance, simple paper ballots, hand counted, then we are going to go down a road of destruction. The president never guided the people. And so here we are four years later, uh, four years later, the same people that he had appointed who everybody who knows anything about the government was saying, why would you put that person in office? Christopher Ray. You know, Bill Barr, if you didn't see Bill Barr was a was a, a, a D.C., what I call him satellite, where they just go in and out of D.C., back to private practice, back into government. Bill Barr, uh, Christopher Ray, Comey, Mueller, all those people, Rod Rosenstein, they all worked together, lived in the same areas, went to the same churches and uh, shopped at the same grocery stores or kids go to the same schools. You can't trust these people. And. That bit him and the and the nation in a terrible way. All those people that he appointed throughout that time and everybody's saying, no, just fire them. They are now going against him. So I think the combination of those two mistakes, not the, not his ability to carry out the function of the president, that he was spot on with that, never fired around when you think about it. He never put troops into an area and went after uh, somebody for no reason, which we that's all we ever do. Uh, he was the only president in recent history that was able to, to keep us from war yeah. and strengthen the economy to the point where it was gangbusters. I mean, it was amazing. He did that. He did amazing work. But he failed because in, in the, those two aspects, and ultimately, those two things are what led us to today. So let me ask you this, Jonathan. I, I've said this. I said the, the pivot with Fauci was, was mistake number one. In my opinion, mistake number two, and, and you've articulated, I'll give you mistake number two on the firing. I agree with you. Then the third point uh, that has bothered me since go, and I felt like I was the only one saying it, uh, they were almost a little too cute with the rules when it came to what was going on in Portland, Seattle, Chicago, uh, and Minneapolis. Why 
the president certainly has the power to federalize a state's national guard and put down an uprising. It doesn't even have to be an insurrection against the federal government. Uh, the very fact that there was were autonomous zones set up where ambulances were not allowed to travel, where police precincts were burned. We alluded to this earlier and you mentioned it. Um, why not come down heavy? I mean, I like to think in that position I would have I would have mobilized the military and I would have shut that down inside a day. Instead, the president said, well, we'll shut it down in a day, but you got to ask me to come in. And all of a sudden, everyone's a constitutional scholar and they're uh, intellectualizing like we're in some academic philosophy class about whether or not the president has the right to stop what you're looking at before your very eyes, people dying, being maimed, burned, and their livelihoods completely destroyed. How... how how does the president not act in a military way? Was he, was he playing the polls and thinking he would have looked too tough and he would have lost? Probably, I would assume that had something to do with it. But, you know, intellectuals and rich people, which I am neither one of those things, <laughs> um, you know, they, I, I, I'm a worker bee. You know, I work and, uh, and I, love the, I love the fight. I love to work. I love to be in there making change and, and, and not just making change, but sustaining uh, real um, – freedom okay with that being said what what i see is that the president and the people that advised him do not understand the reality of when force is needed you know in 1947 we went from the department of war and the secretary of war to the department of defense and secretary of defense i mean we completely eradicated what won us World War II out of the very fighting force used to fight in World War II. And we've never won a war since. Well, law enforcement is, is set up the exact same way. The war on drugs is, has been tackled the exact incompetent in way. Uh, immigration has been set up the exact same way. We don't set out to finish uh, these things and conquer what the problem is. And so the president inherited that's the way Washington DC is. And he inherited that. So anybody that was advising him uh, from Washington DC, that's the way they're going to advise him. I think he also surrounded himself with people who have never done anything like this. They've never been in law enforcement. They, you know, they've never actually, many of these people have never suffered a day in their life. They, they come from very wealthy backgrounds with these elite educations. And so their ability to understand what taking the belt off and giving a kid a whipping when they're small and disciplining a child or taking a child and making them understand, putting them through a process of learning, just like we do in the military and boot camp, you know, taking uh, somebody and putting them through a process to learn. They don't think of that uh, when it comes to the American people. And I'm not saying that American people need to be whipped, but when you have something like Chaz going on or these types of, of uprising you there's a time when you can discipline there's a time when you can teach and then there's a time when you have to basically eliminate the threat and you have to confront it and when i was uh, you know when when the right after 9-11 when we started this war in afghanistan and in, in iraq they for the longest time were not sending seals in they sent tier one assets in but the regular seals they did not send in and you know Mainly, it was because SEALs are like a, a nuclear bomb. When you say we lost a nuclear bomb, it's a huge deal. 
And to say that we, you know, a SEAL died, well, the commanders uh, in the SEAL teams in Naval Special Warfare didn't want to take that risk because they thought that's going to be terrible for our career. If we lose a guy right now, that it's going to make the enemy look emboldened. And it was, it was crap because once they used us, we went in and we, we quailed whatever we were used for. We went in and we, we had mission success. And so when you look at the way this stuff was handled by the president, it, it was handled by a man who inherited these problems. The left amped it up and the people around him were told him because he's a peaceful guy that does not want to cause these problems. He doesn't want to have to uh, throw down or lay down the law. But unfortunately, when you're dealing with the left and when you're dealing with socialists, laying down the law sometimes has to be done. And it's not making an example of somebody, it's laying down the law. And if you declare yourself an autonomous zone in the middle of, of a city, you take over uh, people's uh, where they live and you take away their freedom, that, and then you say you're no longer part of the United States, you have declared war on the United States. And that was never dealt with. And so that plus the overall arching concept of socialism, you know, it, there are laws on the book that say you can't change the form of government for some strange reason. Those laws are never looked at and the president didn't look at them. Nobody suggested that he look at them. And so I think when you put all this together, uh, it's, it's been a failure and I'm glad that you pointed that out because nobody dealt with it from a realistic manner. They wanted to tiptoe around it. They didn't want to go in there with the national guard. They were afraid something would happen. They wouldn't get reelected. And this is why uh, one of the greatest leaders I ever had in the military, Pete Van Hoosier, he was the CEO, the commanding officer, SEAL Team 4. I remember when Captain Van Hoosier came up there uh, his first day and he said, uh, we're going to do great things here at SEAL Team 4 because uh, I don't care if I ever make rank from here. He goes, my entire career, all I've wanted to do was be the, the leader of a, a SEAL team. And here we are. And you're going to get the best out of me. And I expect the best out of you. And I'm not worried about being an admiral. He was the best I ever had. Yeah. And if, if the president had stuck with why he got into office and stopped listening to these people trying to get him reelected and the, and putting people like Brad Parscales, who was a social media guy in charge of his campaign, and you would have had president Trump in 2021. Well, if it was a landslide, you know, you can only cheat around the margins. If it was an overwhelming win, they wouldn't have been able to, to fudge any of the numbers. I, I think also New Jersey guy, Bill Stepien, did a disastrous job. But, you know, you're talking about guys that were Chris Christie rejects, and this is what you get. You know, they're, they're playing the old school game, not realizing the enemy is fierce. Uh, well, Jonathan, look, this was a great conversation. Uh, we're going to leave this part of it here, and what I'd love to do is pick up in, uh, in a few weeks as what you're doing. <laughs> if we're alive in a few weeks. <laughs> What's, yeah, if we're still here. We're if we're still here, brother. Yeah, sure. Oh, my God. Can't make it up. So give your website again. Where do you want people to go, and uh, how do they sign up? Okay. There's a couple of things here. Um, there's freeterritorialliance.com, or they can just go to ftanation.com ftanation.com that's the first thing and here's uh, and so that's the whole thing with the map and and people getting on board and in one uh, group and uh, that that's what that is all about but there's another thing i want to tell you about real quick which i told you is uh, connectzing.com and uh connectzing is it's similar to facebook not parlor but what we're going to do is we're building a, an entire uh, closed loop of a twitter type of, there's going to be a, a, a 
a connect or excuse me, a tweet zing. There's connect zing. There's going to be tweet zing. There's going to be a marketplace. Uh, and then there's going to be what we're developing now, which is um, the citizen journalist page. And all that is going to be where the consumer of the news becomes the producer of the news. And uh, they'll be able to share it around. But connectzing.com, the, the thing that differentiates us, and we are growing, we're brand new, uh, but Drago, my buddy Drago, who was also a Navy SEAL, he created this, and I'm kind of the uh, chief marketing officer and co-designer. Uh, Drago spent three years in a, in a gulag in Poland because he was part of the Freedom Underground in Socialist Poland, and he um, got put in a gulag for having a typewriter. And he spent wow. three years there, got out, came to America, uh, became a citizen after six years. And the day he became a citizen, he joined the Navy and then became a SEAL and, and retired after 20 years. Now he's a computer programmer. His wife is a, a Air Force Academy grad, and we've come together to create this. And right off the bat, Drago is, um, I mean, he's, a, he's just an amazing American with this background that's incredible facing what we're facing now. And he uh, immediately saw when he created this that we needed our own servers. Right, so what's right. happening in the parlor it won't happen to us because we have our own servers. I was going to ask you that because I signed up uh, in the last week to Parler, and then yesterday I saw your tweet that I signed up to ConnectZing. So I now have a, uh, a membership. I'm on there. I don't know what to do with it yet, and uh, but the question is, um, can it? Does it work similar to Twitter, where you can have a news feed and I can uh, post on a regular basis? What's the what's the goal? That's what we're seeing. Yeah. So what we're getting towards is that uh, connecting is a lot like Facebook, right? So you go on Facebook and you can post your pictures. We're getting to the point where you can put up videos because that takes a lot more uh, mm -hmm. room. And so we need these bigger servers. But right now it's pretty smooth. You can go on there. You can uh, put your opinion. You can do things. There's You can make groups just like in Facebook. And then hopefully within the next month or so, uh, if we get dependent on investor, maybe even sooner, uh, then we'll have TweetZing, which will be a, a completely different site, but looped in together. So let's say you, you tweet something out on uh, TweetZing. You can then share that on uh, as easy as a click of a share button. You'll be able to share that on ConnectZing, which is where your Facebook page is like. So right now, that is what you have is more of a Facebook type page, uh, it's, but you, which you can still go on and create a group to talk about certain things. Um the, the process of social media, why this is important, people are probably saying, you know, well, how do we get down this road? It's no different than the phone was when it first came out, uh, uh, when uh, computers became big. And now we have, this is a communication besides texting. And uh, I would say that the way we communicate on social media is the greatest way we collect and pass information and communicate. So even if people don't use ConnectZing, which I would recommend that they do, they should still get it because it is a platform that's not going to go down and you will not be censored. We, do, we don't know, and I'm, I know I'm just a long answer, but we don't know what's going to happen over the next year, two years, or three or four years. We do know historically that when the left gets something that they want, they then turn around and they go uh, 100 miles an hour in the direction that they want to go. Gay marriage is a perfect example. They got that passed in Supreme Court. The very next day, they started suing restaurants that wouldn't serve based on religious uh, reasons and totally uh, putting down uh, the uh, freedom of religion. So what they do is when they get themselves in a position, they will turn around and they will start attacking. And that's mm -hmm. what they're doing. 
So get yourself, you know, a ConnectZing um, page and then use it. I mean, it's starting to get populated already or keep it for a backup so you can communicate and tell your family to get that as well and your friends. I, I am going to post this on my site, uh, nj1015.com slash Bill Spadia. I've also re, uh, reopened BillSpadia.com and I signed up. I'm connected to you and Drago now. So I'm going to push this out because you're right. You know, what's happened is the, the left can communicate globally and anybody that's, uh, you know, former left or Democrat, Republican, just normal person, all those communication tools are effectively censored now. And when I saw Parler go down, I thought, wow, that was no conspiracy theory. That just happened. So yeah. this is a great tip. ConnectZing.com. All right, Jonathan, listen, I'll have you back next month. Let's let's talk about the progress with ConnectZing and, uh, and, and the Free Territory Alliance and everything you're doing. And what we'll do is um, uh, we'll just look, we got to stay connected and stay fighting. I always say, keep the fight and keep the faith. We're moving forward. You got it. God bless. And listen, hopefully they'll have three square meals in the gulag like they do in prison. That'd be great. <laughs> Buddy of mine tweeted me yesterday. He's like, hey, when we're in the camp together, I call top bunk. I'm like, we'll play paper scissors for it. <laughs> All right, brother. You take, All right, take care. All right, buddy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.